thank you for joining us for another SheFi podcast. Today we're going to be talking about American Gods, the first two episodes of American Gods, um, which is based off of the book by Neil Gaiman. So, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, anything you want to say, Sarah? <laughs> oh, um, just, yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying it so far. It's, um, I feel like it's been a really good representation of, of the novel so far. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it myself. Um, and, I'm, it, yeah, it does seem kind of like it's a slow burn for a start. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I know they're kind of slowly getting into the meat of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like the novel itself is kind of a slow burn, <laughs> too. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're following Shadow Moon um, and his adventures with the <laughs> old gods and the new gods. Um <laughs> That makes me think of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does have those old gods and the, the new. Old gods uh, and the new. Um, but in his world, it's just—I um, mean, in his reality, the the fact that they're coming alive, um, little um, hard to handle. It seems he's been yeah. all like, "What the?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suddenly he's in this. And this world where there are gods in his life on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. And he's working for them, or at least the old ones. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were in this world, Sarah, would you work for the new gods or the old gods? Uh, I mean, I think I'd probably work for the old gods. Um... I feel like the new gods have this sort of, like, arrogance. Like, they think that they're better than the old gods. And, like, the fate of the old gods isn't going to just befall them one day. Um, so I wouldn't really want to go along with them. But then I also feel like the old gods... I wouldn't be super enthusiastic about working for them either. Because <laughs> I feel like they kind of... They have some of their own biases, and they hold on to some of their old sort of ways of being in the world. Um, and I think that kind of keeps them back, too. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, well after Gillian Anderson's performance um, for the last episode, I'm actually kind of really liking the new gods. I know. Gillian Anderson was so great as um, media slash mm-hmm. Lucille Ball. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Technical Boy. He kind of seems, mm-hmm. yeah, as I'm saying, pretty arrogant. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, it'd be cool to be on the same team as Jillian Anderson. Yeah, that's. <laughs> she is really great, and she was yeah. so, like she just brought so much like, I know, attitude to that role. Oh. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like um, hard to see that it was her at first. It was it like, was, yeah. She does look a lot like Lucille Ball. I had to actually look closer at the screen and like, whoa, that's Jillian Anderson. It was so, yeah, I had the same experience. Like, it took me a minute to, like, and I knew, like, I had read stuff ahead of time that Jillian Anderson was going to play media, but I kind of forgot. And, like, it took me a minute to realize, like, oh, yeah, that's Jillian Anderson, because she just, she looks so much like Lucy, and just her mannerisms are so much like Lucy, and, and it's funny, because it's not like, it's, um, 
like she's playing an, an alien on Star Trek or something and she's unrecognizable, but it's like she just absorbed into that role so much that you kind of forget at first that it's her. Yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, she is an amazing actress, so it's great to see her back. Um, yeah, I love TV. her. I know, she's amazing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, she did such an excellent job. Um, I'm really interested to see what other forms um, her character media will take. And mm-hmm. It was great seeing Lucille Ball. Let's see who she, um, you know, what what shape or form she takes next time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I feel like we're uh, up to see some great treats with that. Yeah, that's one of the fun things about um, about this story that you get to see a bunch of the characters, like uh, Nancy, you know, kind of shape shifting and and taking different forms and disguising themselves in different ways. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, and um, so like the first episode, I felt like it was it seemed really like an intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was enjoyable to watch, but it really didn't get into the meat of the story. Um, yeah. I felt like there wasn't really much to talk about for that first one. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a very, very long intro, um, <laughs> yeah. or an hour-long intro. Um, but now they're starting the second episode. They started to get more into, um, you know, what's happening. Um, yeah. And I guess it's something that um, instead of seeing it as one full contained uh, episode. It's something. It's more serial, where the story mm-hmm. takes place over the whole entire series, and it's yeah. to be looked at in its entirety. So we'll probably what cover the um, entire series at the end as well, mm-hmm. just to give a a more adequate overview of the whole yeah. thing. And I feel like that's really the best way to do this story. <laughs> Um, the episodes are kind of like deconstructed, you know, like you'll get a, a little snippet of the story. And I feel like just given the way that the story was written, that you know, Gaiman written, that he wrote the novel, I think that that um, really is a good way to do it rather than trying to force like more of an arc on each episode. Um, it feels truer to the book, I think, that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I definitely can see why they want to um, kind of keep... I know it's adapted for TV, and I can see that they want to uh, be true to the original story as it was told. And um, and sometimes, yeah, it's harder to adapt something from one format. It's in, and as someone that's um, written some TV scripts, it's... Yeah, I can see it can be difficult to adapt something to that tv format has a lot of different rules and Mm -hmm. things that you got to follow different structures um you know different things it's very yeah it's quite a different format Um, it is yeah and it's interesting the um the american gods comic from dark horse is going on right now too um and so it's been it's been really interesting to watch how they're both kind of unfolding at similar rates. Um, like the comic series, the most recent issue that came out is at a sim- is close to where the the series, the TV series, leaves off on episode two. So they're kind of at least right now, and we'll see if it changes as they go along. 
unfolding at a similar rate. So it's been kind of interesting to see how, um, how they both adapted the novel. And the comic has done a similar thing. It's been kind of like deconstructed and it's been really kind of like a, a slow telling of the story, which I like. Um, and also feels true to the novel, too. <laughs> and then people have talked about, there's a, supposedly a Sandman um, movie in the works. And um, American Gods has made more people, I think, start to say, well, maybe if they're going to adapt Sandman at all, it would be better to do it as as a TV show, which I think is true. And I don't think it needs to be adapted at all, (laughs) because I think it's pretty perfect as it is. But if it's going to be adapted, I would agree with that. I think doing it as a TV show in a similar vein to American Gods would, would be the way to go. Well, that would be another show to watch, and there's, today, in this, like, day and age, there seems like there's so many, um, there's so many books that, that are being adapted into either TV shows and movies. Yeah. Um, so, so much, much. Aside from, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there really is, and it's a good problem to have, but there's <laughs> so much. Like, I just saw today that there's going to be a Deadpool animated series, and like I saw got that the X Men series coming up, and so much. Yeah. Like how do you decide what to watch first? I, I see. You just decide on what ones are the priorities, and yeah, well, you have the, to like triage it at this point. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. So, so there's some really cool gods. Um, yeah. There was uh, Mr. Wednesday was the first one we met. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Mad Sweeney and Bill Quiss in the first episode, and we already mm-hmm. talked about Jillian Anderson as media. Oh, and yeah, of course, there's Technical Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts about the different gods? Um, any that you like the most, or any um, new representations of them on the screen that you enjoyed? I really like um, Ian McShane as Wednesday. For some reason, he's not—he's not how I pictured Wednesday in my mind as I was reading him. But he—but the acting, like he really embodies how I thought Wednesday would act. Um, and I think he's doing a really good job with it, like showing how Wednesday is has this ability to kind of show up as uh, differently for different people and like manipulate people and. Um, so I really like the way that he's pulling that off. Um, and Nancy, I thought, was great. Um, and sorry, who is the actor who plays a Nancy? Oh, Mr. Nancy uh, Orlando Jones. Yes. Yeah, he was, yeah, definitely. He was awesome. Um, yeah, I love, I love his portrayal of, of Nancy. And again, was not how I pictured him in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love how he's doing it. Um, I mean, he's another one where, like Jillian Anderson, he just brings so much attitude to that role, and it's yeah, yeah. He did. He was a quite um, yeah. Orlando Jones is acting as Mr. Nancy. That what that came with a lot of energy. I think it was great to make it as um, the way to um, begin the show with just that um, yeah. scene with him in the boat with the African slave men. Um, he just like he just had so much 
um, power in his performance, uh, mm-hmm. so much, just very lively, very animated. Um, it just, yeah, you couldn't really take your eyes off the screen. Um, yeah. And you just, he had this kind of like unpredictability about him where you just didn't really know what he was going to do next. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he wanted to watch. But yeah, it was a great performance and it was exciting to see. Um, you know, him kind of, you know, rouse the attentions of the African men in the boat and, um, you know, persuade them to light the boat on fire. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was really a really powerful scene. And it was, it's interesting because everything else around him was really kind of understated, like visually and, and the even the other characters around him were kind of understated, but it was all like just the power of his performance made it this really compelling scene yeah um and then the fire coming out at the end at the end yeah is quite very visually like beautiful to watch it you know Mm -hmm. just this um great visual scene um yeah that that arose from that speech that he gave there have been a lot of really great visual moments in the show Mm -hmm. It's just aesthetically really, really nice. (laughs) So that was the beginning of episode two, and then episode one began with the Vikings. Yeah. um, Saying, what was your thought in in any comparisons between the two opening scenes, um, between the Vikings scene and the Mr. Nancy in a boat with the African slaves opening scene? Yeah, they were really really different scenes. I mean, they both kind of give you an intro into who this character is, who this god is. Um, But really different. You know, the Vikings, you've got this really dramatic scene of them, like, on the beach and on the ship and so much going on. Um, And then the the scene with Mr. Nancy is, like I was saying, kind of, like, in some ways more understated, except for him as a character, and he's just so powerful and so um, interesting in the way that he presents himself, I guess. And then the fact that he's kind of more contemporary, like the way that he dresses and speaks um, versus everyone else on the ship. That's true. He did, um, I remember him making a statement, I forgot what it was, but I was thinking of him, you know, seeing him, he's an old god, and then he says something that's very, like, something you would say currently today, mm-hmm. like, you know, in today's lingo, and I thought it was very interesting to kind of contrast this old god using um, modern-day, like, language and slang, and it's like... <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was an interesting contrast and an interesting choice um, for dialogue. Yeah, I thought so, too. And it made him seem, um, I feel like, more dynamic or something, that he was the only one speaking that way. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely, um, there's definitely a a contrast between him and the slaves, besides the fact that he was the only one not in shackles. Um, And, well, the others didn't really say much, but, um, and I I liked, um, I think it added more to the Viking scene, um, to have the Mr. Nancy scene because we have a character to focus our attentions on, like a main yeah. character or a, a major character to focus our attentions on, um, that, you know, we're going to become 
more, I guess, more personable with as the story progresses. And the Viking scene felt a little more abstract because we didn't really become personable with any of the Vikings or just kind of random characters. Yeah, there was so much going on and it wasn't really, you didn't really get to know anyone that well in that scene. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like you made, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really enjoyed, um, Mad Sweeney was a really yeah. great character, <laughs> too. He was very kind of, like, wild and crazy, and yes, um, I guess I do have a stereotype of how I see leprechauns. I know. <laughs> Not all of them are short. <laughs> I guess not, and I just learned that, uh, I guess, last week. Because um, <laughs> Mad Sweeney is definitely a very, very tall leprechaun. Um, I know, I like I like him a lot. Um, I think Pablo Schreiber did a, a really good job with him. Um, and just as a character, he's, he's so kind of, like, volatile. <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's fun to watch. Um, and Pablo Schreiber was, played Mendez in Orange is the New Black, which, again, like, I, I didn't realize because he looks totally different. Um, but, yeah, he did a great job in, in both roles. And Mad Sweeney, just as a, as a character, is so, um, you know, just has this, like, volatile energy. Mm-hmm. I think um, Pablo Schreiber in general has just kind of that, great kind of um animated energy about yeah. him as an actor I think and yeah, that's true I did see him in Orange is the New Black and um also before that I think I'm assuming he must be a Genji Cohen go-to and <laughs> she actor because um not only was he in Orange is the New Black but I, he was also in her uh, her other series Weeds mm. I think he was like um yeah one of Nancy's drug buddies and bed buddies from time to time. <laughs> if anyone's ever seen Leeds. Um, and yeah, he was, um, and then they had the character he plays in Orange is the New Black is very... Um, so skeezy. Yes, yes. So, he seems to do, uh, to play those very gritty characters <laughs> and he did a very good job at yeah. them. yeah. He does. Like, um, Mendez and, and Mad Sweeney are so different, but they are both these kind of, like, gritty characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what were your thoughts on their portrayal of Bilquis? I I really liked it. Um, I like, again, in the book, she's really the Queen of Sheba, and she's a really interesting... Um, character in the novel um and that the sex scene with her is just is so um like creepy (laughs) (laughs) but in a good way (laughs) Mm -hmm. I thought it was well done Mm -hmm. I'd like to see her in other contexts too um Mm -hmm. it's yeah to see her character uh on, on the screen a little bit more to see other contexts with her. Um, yeah. At least that was the intro for her opening. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too, for sure. Technical Boy, I really love that character. Um, in the most creepiest yeah. ways. Yeah, right. <laughs> such a great villain. Um, yeah. And it's so interesting, and he's just a young kid. Yeah, yeah. And he's so different from the way that he's portrayed in the novel, but I thought it made sense because he, he had to be updated. Um, and I think they did a good job of, of updating him. Yeah, um, making him a, a millennial yeah. hooked on the Internet. That makes, that makes, yeah, that makes sense for today's world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, he did have that, he totally came off as, like, with that, um, I don't want to say millennial vibe because um, it does put that in the bad light, but maybe the more um, the more negative aspects of of millennialism. Yeah, like the stereotype of what millennials supposedly yeah. are. He he came off like that. <laughs> we we know that there's a, millennials have a broader um, yeah for sure spectrum of characteristics, but these were all the the negative stereotypes that you would see, in, you know, in a millennial yeah. um, be made into this, you know, portrayed as this villain, technical yeah. boy. <laughs> um, I thought Ricky Will did a really good job as Shadow also. Um, yeah, certainly. And he, Ricky Whittle was also in the 100. And I thought, you know, Shadow is this character who's also really kind of um, understated. And I think, it plays off of all of these gods around him who are really like crazy kind of dramatic characters and, and Shadow is someone who kind of like just wants to keep his head down and not cause trouble and um, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a lot going on like internally emotionally and I thought Ricky Whittle did a really good job of kind of portraying this character who's maybe a little bit stoic but also has a lot kind of going on in his interior world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ricky Weddle, he definitely is a straight man um, yeah. in contrast to all the craziness all around him. And, yeah, these gods definitely do are, definitely are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe more uh, animated and very uh, out of the box, very unconventional. Yeah. Which is great to see, you know? Yeah. It's, it's nice to have a... A god that's not all stuffy and and uh, yeah rigid. So yeah, I like yeah. that, and I like it's. Um, I feel like that flows well from you know Neil Gaiman's idea that the gods are actually created by people. Like they start off as ideas created mm -hmm. by humans, and so to portray them as kind of these really animated, really sort of like flawed characters. Rather yeah. than like you know these like holy perfect divine beings, I think mm -hmm. it's um, I think it's a really interesting way to to portray gods and and flows well from sort of that initial concept of of what the gods are in the novel. Yeah, definitely, it's great to see them as a manifestation of the mind. Yeah, I agree. That's that's true. Um, so we're excited to see how the TV version of the story progresses. Um, I feel like um, they'll reveal more and more as the 
season goes on. Um, perhaps we'll do another podcast at the end of the season to see how everything kind of turned out for that first yeah. season. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so thank you so much for listening in on our She Buy podcast for American Gods. Um, please uh, check out our website at shefi.com and also please check out our Redbubble virtual store. Um, once you go to Redbubble, you can just kind of do a search for she-fi. Uh, and also follow us on Twitter and check us out on Facebook. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Bye.